0: How do you like saving $75? Well, you're in luck because we are in a giving mood during the best time of the year. NFL playoffs are here and need to take advantage of our historical success in the postseason. Warren went 9-5 overall card weekend and hit a plus 600 long shot on top of that. He's back with two plays already released in the divisional round. It's not too late to get on board for a huge weekend. Use code SHARP75 when you sign up. That's SHARP75 and you'll get $75 off any package, including the weekly package. Get on board for the divisional round, the entire playoffs. But Don't forget to save $75 today with coupon code SHARP75 at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan suda joined here as always by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Divisional round. We we did it. We're we're making it through. We're we're almost uh, at the end. We had a uh, not the most exciting a uh, week of football last week. Uh, I think we can probably say that. But hopefully, uh, the divisional round, usually the most fun. You know, full game uh, playoff slate uh, of the year. So uh, how are we doing as we uh, head into this weekend?
1: Yeah, you know, last week was kind of one of those things where you start to question after the last two years of the first round, you know, is it diluted a little bit, you know, adding the seventh team? Uh, you know, we it was the largest margin of victory that we've had in the opening round of the playoffs since 2016. Really all the chalk just happened. And even because the one upset was literally a chalky pick, like the 49ers were the most consensus popular pick in that game. So really kind of things went like par for the course in terms of victory, maybe the margin of victory and stuff was a surprise, but kind of, we spent the all week kind of saying like, well, could we see some upsets? What's the path for some of these teams to win and really kind of everything kind of happened just with the highest probability.
0: Yeah. I I regret being, you know, so high on the Steelers and and thinking they had any chance against the Chiefs, (laughs) but yeah, so we didn't get nothing at one point. <laughs> uh yeah the uh, the the fleeting moment where that like seems like it might have been a game. Um I mean I, I think the you know, like you said we we didn't see a lot of huge surprises and maybe uh oh like you said some of the the final scores were I mean you know Buffalo scoring uh on every drive i i think the the way they blew out the patriots was, was certainly a surprise but mm-hmm. other than that like the teams we kind of expected to win uh won but uh as we head into the divisional round i think that we have some really uh interesting matchups where uh, again i think that at least when we're looking at it on paper these can go either way. It feels like almost every game. Um, So hopefully as we get to these games actually playing out, uh, it's going to be a little closer uh, than these games were last weekend.
1: Yeah, the, the, the spreads are tighter. We've only got one spread that's over three and a half. You know, last week we had some some wider some wider margins. And like I said, I just wonder if, you know, moving forward we'll just it'll just be we'll be more focused on this round. I'm sure we'll run into some upsets along the, the years and you know, maybe even eventually get an eighth playoff team mixed in here. But I, I just the way that they've done the first two years, the seven seeds, uh it's just it, it does inspire a lot of a lot of confidence, I think, in in you know, making the allowing all the best teams in, you know, the, the best football, the opening weekend.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean it's when we have like uh the the twenty twenty Chicago Bears and twenty twenty one Pittsburgh Steelers then making the playoffs so just it's just, it's just unnecessary. I mean, fr- from the beginning, we we said week eighteen uh, didn't need to happen, and uh, the seventh seed well, no it never back. needed like, to happen. There's only, was, only right, That's that's the one thing. Like we can we can <laughs> say this all we want, and it's it's not changing. Um, uh, eventually, there's going to be a week nineteen, and like said, an eighth uh, playoff team. So um, there's there's only adding. Uh, there's yeah there's no going back even though it was a mistake to to do so but um as much as last weekend kind of dragged on uh, we do have a uh, fun slate of games here divisional rounds are always uh, really fun with with four games that usually have uh, close to the best eight teams uh, in the league not always uh but we're we're again the close there so let's just dive right into these games and we'll go in chronological order we'll start with Cincinnati at Tennessee um so the Bengals uh the Bengals did some fun things uh against the Raiders uh came out and they were able to kind of throw all over the place and yeah that was you know one of the things coming out early they were throwing the ball and that was kind of our big question about the Bengals uh, heading into that game is oh, what are we going to see what they did at the end of the regular season go into uh go head into the playoffs or were they going to go back to, you know, trying to establish the run? And uh, I think you kind of said this uh, in the worksheet this week, one of the things that has, also stop them from establishing the run is they haven't been very good at it. Um, So they haven't been wasting their time. It's made it a little easier to be pass heavy. So um, how uh, this offense goes against the Titans defense right now, that's, you know, been up and down uh, a bunch this year. I I think this, this becomes a, a pretty intriguing matchup.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at the Titans, you know, we can poke holes in like the, where they don't have a complete defense, but we know they're really good up front and you know a little shaky on the back end which is kind of swerves into kind of what the Bengals have been doing but then you know can they pass perfect i mean these are the two teams uh that are left in the playoffs have the worst sack rates allowed uh you know in the nfl amongst the teams that are left so you know burrow will take some sacks so they they can generate pressure they don't blitz a lot either so they're gonna rely on you know the, the front four to get home and the defensive line rotation um, so, I mean, it does kind of fit the, the mold for the Bengals to just remain kind of hyper aggressive and not be able to run the football. They're also really good on early downs against the run too. I kind of noted that, you know, they're third in the NFL and yards, allowed per carry on first down carries. So the Bengals are definitely going to want to mix in and, and still remain aggressive. Uh, and the Titans are also the 26th in the NFL, uh, an EPA against uh, empty sets, uh, it's passing on empty sets. So that's what the Bengals are, are good at. Uh, they they will go empty second most in the NFL. So, I mean, it does kind of fit the mold of if Zach Taylor wants to swerve into this. Uh, you know, and I don't know how much it is credit to Zach Taylor. It's just a byproduct of they haven't run the ball effectively, but it does set up for them to remain aggressive on offense.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think that that empty thing is is really big because that's just, where the Bengals and Burrow want to live, and that's how they're you know using that to. That's how they have you know really all season the way they protect themselves uh, against some of these pressure looks. The way they cover up the offensive line is by allowing Burrow to sit back there in empty. You know we talked about it so many times throughout the season. They just let him sit there have that quick game, and they're so good there. And it's going to have some sacks involved right if there's something not completely open then it leaves you know, very few options as like a, a break glass in case of emergency uh type of thing when he's back there so he does have still a high sack rate and empty but the more often than not he's going to be able to to make the right type of play and i think that's that's really the, the thing with burrow here and um that it has really been what he's matured in all, all season is he's not he doesn't like make mistakes really like he'll he'll take those sacks, but he's he's not going to force something so he'd rather take the sack than you know force a a contested ball like into the intermediate area or something just to get the ball out and i think that's really been a big thing in keeping these the keeping the offense kind of on track to, to where it's been um and you know you have some of these corners that you can you know probably pick on uh for for tennessee so it's going to be and, and we kind of saw uh, against the Raiders too, there were, you know, some plays, even when, you know, Chase wasn't, um, uh, wasn't open. He was able to go to Yuzama, was able to go to Boyd a little bit. Like T Higgins was basically avoided, but we all know there could be a, a T Higgins game at, at any point. Um, which is, I think just, it's something that, that brings the, makes the bagels offense just so dangerous uh, right now. And I think like the, the one thing that, Tennessee can probably have is that you know interior pressure when they have Autry on the inside, Jeffrey Simmons there. But I, I really think uh, the Bengals between like how they how much they use empty, how because sometimes they you know bring Yuzama into to the backfield to have that you know extra like even the seven man protections they're doing like they they go to the two extremes right they're either just in empty or they have a, a really tight you know seven man protection but they can still get open. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, if they have so many guys in pass protection like these receivers are just continually getting open. And I think that's going to be really tough for this Tennessee defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's what, that's what I'm looking at. Just them to stay aggressive. I mean, on the other side, I mean, the, the Titans, you know, the, the Titans are unique because they're, you know, obviously everyone wants to kind of, you know, discount them, right. You know, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, all oh, this is like the worst one seed and like DVO history, but I mean, it's it they're a tough team to gauge offensively because they just didn't, they weren't healthy at all the entire season. Um, you know, I put in the, in the article, uh, they played just 106 percent of their offensive snaps this season came with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones all on the field. Uh, that's yeah. that's that's just insane. But on those plays, they averaged six point nine yards per play and were positive EPA per play. Uh, so I mean, if if we're grading them on what they're bringing into the party here, now we don't know exactly how healthy Derrick Henry is going to play with a a plate in his foot, but we know that he can dictate, you know, personnel and how teams, you know, want to defend, especially a team that's going to be hurting at interior defensive line this week, like the Bengals are even getting Trey Anderson back, you know, losing Larry Ogunjobi and Mike Daniels is a big deal uh, because, you know, you look at Ryan Tannehill's, you know, efficiency with, you know, eight men in the box, you know, having both Julio Jones and AJ Brown in the field um, it's sky high. So it's, it's it's you want to judge the Titans basically on what they're putting on the field on Sunday and not necessarily the whole body of work they've had offensively this season, just because they were so limited in terms of what they had personnel wise, because they were so top heavy on offense and all those guys just missed so many snaps.
0: Right. And that's, that's kind of like a bigger conversation uh, about the Titans. And it's one thing we kind of had before the year. And it's probably one we need to have going forward of how the Titans are going to build and, and, you know, rework themselves after this season, because what, when you do only have, you know, 10% of, of your offensive snaps with all those players that you thought were coming in, but that is, you know, that, that's a feature of what they did like that. That's not necessarily a bug when you're building around, uh, you know, Julio Jones, who's been in and out of a lineup for, uh, you know, the, the past couple years. And I think we, you know, noted that when that trade was made, um, when you're building around a running back who you're giving a billion carries to um like that's that's what you're going to be doing so like you said it, it is a much bigger a kind of big picture um conversation around how the titans built themselves but they still ended up with the one seed they're going to get at least like you said some piece of of that full offense back to to what extent uh we don't really know and I, it's going to be a real interesting whether the derrick henry thing kind of is it could, could potentially be a bit of a detriment because if he's not a hundred percent healthy, but they still want to run that Derrick Henry offense, uh, where they're you know running really heavy on on first and second down, uh, and then using the play action off it, that that might not be you know their best option if you know Henry isn't a hundred percent. Um, so I think that that's going to be a, a real. You know thin line for them to toe there and it's going to depend on you know how healthy um Henry's going to be and what kind of workload they they want to give
1: him yeah, when- I, I look at Henry's like him having him and what he could do for like everything else right like lifting all ties not necessarily what Henry's gonna do in this game but just what he can bring in terms of uh, you know a- accessing you know a ceiling for Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown in this passing offense if they want to be a little more aggressive. Uh, but we haven't really seen that from them that that's more of like how i would envision using it but i don't know think that's what Mike greg Rab- does
0: <laughs> right uh it's because like we we kind of saw like it didn't like structurally things didn't completely change rushing efficiency wise they weren't any different um and maybe slightly yeah points a little better with uh dante foreman uh, the it, it's like in the, the, the backfields, like doing Right. Um, yeah. So it was kind of, you know, that, that thing we we've talked about a bunch with the, the Derek Henry and the, and the Jonathan Taylor, where late in the, for the you stack, the box, you break a couple tackles and, and it's a long run. Cause there's, there's no one there. So, um, but if they're going to just be kind of like running into, into the line, um, on first and second down, I, I think that potentially, like if that puts them in a lot of, you know, third and longs, that's not necessarily, um, like even without the, the defensive uh Line depth that, that the Bengals have. I just don't really think you want if you're the Titans, you don't want to be setting yourself up in third and long, um, all that often. Have Tannehill doing you know the the straight dropbacks. You don't really want to do that. So if they they can work in some of the passing, especially when you look at like what you know the Cincinnati corners have been good this year. I think they've they've done a lot of good things. There's been some flashes, uh, but they they've played really well to the outside. And I think when you're you know going to be having so many like inbreakers, I think that puts those corners um, in in a bit of, of conflict there that's not where they've really been their best uh, throughout the year and I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on like Jesse Bates if he's going to be sitting you know in the middle of the field and Jesse Bates had like one of his best games uh, last week and you know uh, tweeted this out during the game like the NFL like media as a whole like spent like years saying like how Jesse Bates is so underrated no one talks about him uh, and then he like has this game and we're all just like, yeah, sure. Um, it's weird. Like Jesse, Bates, Jesse Bates was, was really good in that game. And I, I think it's, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to kind of uh, defend a lot of those, you know, they, they, like all Tennessee wants to run are the inbreakers off play action. And I think that that's okay. going to put a, a lot of pressure on Bates. If he's sitting in the middle of the field, like he might be the most important uh, defensive player there. Cause I'm not totally sure if those corners are going to be able to hold up against those specific crowds.
1: Yeah, that's where you attack the Bengals. Middle of the field, uh, you know, what, was it about a month ago they played the 49ers, kind of a similar thing. Uh, you know, You know, obviously that they don't have the tight end presence, but it's a lot of stuff. Everything's over the middle of the field of the tight ends. That's where you want to attack uh, the Bengals' defense. So if Derrick Henry is – if they're able to have some success early in the game, even running the ball, without Derrick Henry, who knows, right? Like we're just assuming – maybe he comes back to a full it, but what if they are mixing in and, you know, Deontay Foreman's fine, right? And like they're just able to run on this kind of depleted defensive line and open some of this stuff up, uh, you know, that, then that, that again, just kind of adheres itself to attacking uh, that middle of the field and opening it up. So yeah, kind of a, a fun little, little cat and mouse game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's Cincinnati 25th in, in DVOA uh, on passes to uh, the middle of the fields. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, yeah, that's where the, the Titans just want to live. So um, yeah, I think it's, this is a, a fun game, but I kind of, you know, you can see both teams winning this, but I, I this think is I the would... one I have the least
1: amount of, of strong stance on the other three, I feel like I have a, a firm opinion on who wins. This is the one I just feel like is more of a, I feel pretty neutral on, I don't know if I'm going to take the over, but uh, I don't like a lot of people are just are on the Titans, So I'm I'm still questionable, but uh, this is the one that I'm more up in the air. Maybe you can sway me.
0: All right. I mean, I, I just like Cincinnati is more fun. I, I so I think that's why I'm pulling. The Titans play, have beaten I a lot think,
1: of fun teams. <laughs> uh,
0: the Titans have never been fun while doing so. So that I think as a as a like a neutral observer who would like you know like a, a more fun. Um, AFC championship game uh I think the the, the Bengals put that in I, I I think the Bengals do just enough on, on offense that I think they have you know just uh, enough mismatches there that I, I think they'll be able to you know put up points on, on this defense and I'm not completely sure uh you know what this version of the Titans offense is going to be able to do if they can hang uh, quite as much so I think I'll, I'm gonna lean Bengals
1: all right. I mean, listen, I would prefer to, the, to have the more exciting offense win. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm still torn. I'm still torn because, you know, this is a big jump for the Bengals. Like, just it feels like that was like if, you know, getting the, to this point is like a huge victory for them. Uh, so yeah, can absolutely. They, can they take it a step further? How, how far does this thing go? Uh, definitely, though, you look at the Bengals setup right now, and, you know, we've taken our, our, our pokes at Zach Taylor, but as a franchise, You've got a quarterback on a rookie contract for at least two more years. You obviously hit on an elite wide receiver that you don't have to pay for another four years. And you had a second round wide receiver the year prior. That is clearly a great like at least one B, if not a two. Uh, you know, it, the Bengals have set themselves up to really kind of aggressively kind of play things moving forward here. Uh, and they should, especially on Burroughs rookie contract go all in uh, this off season. We should see them make significant moves, but that hasn't really been their MO as a front office. So we'll see how they attack it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, spent more in free agency this past year than, mm-hmm. um than they, they really have like ever. <laughs> um, And hopefully that's, that's a sign of, of things, you know, coming forward. And you then they brought to. in like, they brought in some good guys like Shadobi Awuzier. Uh have been, you know, up and down a little bit, but for the most part, been playing well. And Mike Hilton was great uh as a slack Like they reworked that entire secondary, which is kind of like why they were, especially like in the beginning of the of the year. Um, so uh hopefully uh seeing how well that that works out for them. Um, you know, we we don't need to like see them they given out like really like huge deals, but I think uh, the way they've been aggressive last year, I think is is a way they can, you know, repeatedly head into free agency again. So um, that, you know, exciting off season uh, conversations that that we'll have around a bunch of these teams. So let's move on now to the Saturday night game, which, you know, we kind of talked about and and hinted at last week, uh, kind of, potentially a worst-case scenario for the Packers if you're sitting uh, as the one seed, having this San Francisco a team that can come in and, like, run all over you. Um, you know, I, the Green Bay has had this nightmare
1: before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a soft-run defense. I mean, they're, they're 28th NFL explosive run rate allowed facing, you know, it, it, an elite running scheme. Uh, you know, the, the last, like the last good running team they faced was the Browns and the Browns gave them the, the Browns took them to, to the wire. And we saw earlier in the season, the 49ers take this team to the wire kind of overcoming that 17 to nothing deficit and took the lead with 40 seconds left to go in the game before, you know, Rogers did his Rogers thing to Devontae Adams right. a couple of times. Um, so, I mean, the, the 49ers definitely played this team tough early in the year, last year's game. You can throw out the COVID game. Uh, you know, so yeah, we've got this kind of one Rogers bugaboo, never beaten the 49ers in the playoffs. You'll see that a hundred times, you know, from now till kickoff, or you've probably already seen it a hundred times, but I still look at this team and the Packers are just like, they're getting so many guys back and so yeah. much, so many guys are returning to the field this week and they may not have markers without scanning, but to get three offensive starting offensive linemen back the past two weeks, you know, uh, then I'm um, a uh, pass rusher to Darius Smith, you know, Jair Alexander is a huge kind of guy to have come back. As well, if he's able to play and be anywhere close to 100 percent, that one we still can kind of wait and see how healthy he is. But just the amount of players they have coming back, coming off the bye, you know, at home, the 49ers being a little more banged up. As much as I feel like it's easy to, to latch on to just if the 49ers can run the ball and if they can, like this is, feels very much like we did last week. Right. If we did with the Patriots, and we did with the Eagles. We said, can you weather that initial storm? Right. And neither team did. They got in a yeah. hole and it was a wrap. That's how the 49ers are going if, to, if the Packers get up in this game, that like, and then the 49ers kind of come out the blocks and put more on Garoppolo's plate, who, who knows how healthy he is, even at this point, that's how I feel like this game gets away and, and turns really kind of into, because it's the largest spread on the slate. This is where kind of that spread plays out. if so the Packers come out early, they get out to that lead and kind of move the 49ers game script off of being able to play their offense and structure.
0: Yeah. And that's I, it, as much as want to kind of dive into like what these teams could potentially like Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo is just kind of <laughs> like, that's just kind of part of what we, we see here. But I, 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 I continue to like still myself on, on the 49ers just because of kind of what they can do. And like, they, they can, pass which i think is something we've we've seen over the past couple of weeks like I, I wrote um you know oh last week about how they that 11 personnel package they have how good they've been and talked about it on the podcast last week and uh, they used it again they're using like 50 percent of their snaps last week were in 11 personnel with um the the um the debo uh brandon iuk and juan jennings uh, package and like they they're they're able to do so many things uh from that package one they can throw that was like uh like almost like half a point in, in EPA uh, per drop back when they threw. And then they still have those, you know, Debo Samuel runs where either uh, they have like Elijah Mitchell or, or whoever is the back and are like run jet motion when uh, Samuel's in, in the backfield and he's just straight up running like outside zone now. Or you have like uh, you check who's can be that that back. And I think that that puts like, going to put a lot of stress on them, this Packers defense. And um, like a well, person, what do
1: you come out in? Like when, that, when you see that, like, it, you know, what do you
0: come out of? Exactly, and that, that's kind of what I, I, I put that in the piece where, you know, it, teams are, are still kind of running base sometimes against, the you know, the, the 49ers' uh, 11 personnel. Uh, and then they can have these guys that can just, you know, run down the field and create things uh, in the passing game. And, then uh, like, George Kittle is the tight end in 11 personnel, and I think we, like, need to – like, that, that gets overlooked when, like, we just, like, say oh, 11 personnel. So, like, they just – they have
1: so well, the many good things, things going, going the thing, So, well, because
0: like <laughs> they didn't, they didn't need to, though, right? Like it's they had like so many other options. And like, I think that's one of the things that kind of separates this 49ers team from past offenses. They now have legitimate passing options everywhere. It doesn't have to be a George Kittle uh, game. It doesn't have to be throw every pass to, you know, Debo, which is what it was uh, over the past couple of years. Like they had to run because they didn't really have those passing options. Um and or like or even in the Super Bowl run where it was like you know Emmanuel Sanders, it's like this is a completely different uh, type of of structure uh, in this offense where they really they, they can pass um, and they don't have to put Garoppolo in you know, places where you know he has to really force passes. Um, and we've seen when you know, he has to do that, like the the miss to to Ayuk um, in the Dallas game, the terrible interception that you know basically put Dallas back in the game. Like those are. Those are bad, but um, I think you can you can kind of weather that if you're in San Francisco.
1: Um, well, you're not going to get the mistakes, is- right? Like you, you can't play the game that you played last week and count on the team that had the most penalties in the NFL having the most right. penalties in the wildcard round and you know takeaways. I mean, the, the Packers don't turn the ball over on offense. Maybe they might drop some punts, uh, but you know they don't turn the ball over on offense. Only the Vikings <laughs> turned it over at a lower rate per drive. So if you're the 49 and you have to play as clean of a lot cleaner game than you did against the Cowboys last week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. And I think like on, on the defensive side, I think it's going to be real big whether, you know, but both like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner uh, are are able to play. It kind of seems like Fred Warner is, is good. Uh, I think he was back on the practice field on, uh, on Wednesday. Um, you know, Bosa, it seems like he was you know, on the field but still going through concussion protocol. And that's big because you know the 49ers they they do want to rush with four. We kind of thought this defense might blitz like a little more this year, but they didn't. They blitzed less than they did um last year. And you know, it's it's the kind of a give and take with with Rogers. Like you you don't right. want to blitz him yeah. because he's going to kill the blitz, <laughs> but when Rogers is pressured under the blitz, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year. And when he is pressured in general, but also when he's you know been pressured uh, you know, against the blitz, negative zero point seven eight EPA per dropback, which is thirtieth uh, in the league. The problem is uh, he has the fourth lowest pressure rate when blitzed right. because he's getting the ball out <laughs> so quickly. And I think that's the Brady, you know, the
1: Brady can Yeah, Brady's the same way. Like his pressure splits are like, oh man, this is like a glaring weakness, but like you still have the pressure. <laughs> are you going to get to him? Yeah, because they get the
0: ball out so quickly. And I think like that's where, that's where Fred Warner then comes in because he plays that middle of the field so well. Not only can he like carry the wide receivers, he just like when he's there, when he's in the middle of the field, teams do not throw to the short middle of the field against... Uh, San Francisco because they just like one of the best couple linebackers is just always standing there. So you could just kind of take away that, that quick option. So I think that's going to be you know, real big for, for San Francisco. And, um, you know, the, the outside corners have done just enough. I think that that's going to be tough, especially against green Bay where, you know, um, you know, Devontae Adams is, is going to be, you know, moving around um, quite a bit. So they'll get him in advantageous situations. Um, So it's even like t- t- tough to, to double him a little bit if they wanted to go that route. Um. And and try to like have someone else beat you uh, in the passing game, which I think teams have tried to dare the Packers to do it, and then you know you have the the, the one bomb to like an Alan Lazard or something, and, and it happens. But I think you're you're better off you know trying to to do that. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be you know be interesting. Ed, but if if San Francisco uh, can be healthy uh, on defense, I, I think they. They potentially, you know, have enough where they, if even with the, uh, the offensive line coming back, um, you know, they have so many good guys along this, you know, defensive line too, guys that are just like coming out. You have like uh, Samson Ebukam, who's, you know, kind of always flashed in a, a part-time role as the pass rusher playing well now, like Arden Key is coming um and they they just like develop these guys like Arden Key was one of these guys. Like when I uh, look at like uh, sacks per quarterback hit every year, he was always a guy who like had 10 quarterback hits, which was impressive, but like one sack. Um, and now like those are converting and he's getting into the backfield more and they, they just like, they are one of these teams that has this, you know, rotation of defensive linemen who can come in, um, and, and put some pressure. So if they can do that, that, you know, we, we've seen Rogers not be good under pressure. And I, that that's obviously uh, going to be a pretty big key here. And if the, the Niners can, I just keep coming back, like they're what, 28th, they're something close to that in run defense. So it's just, it, it feels hard, uh, for them to, to completely, you know, pull away, uh, in a way that, we, we kind of saw, you know, some of these other teams do uh, the last weekend. Um, but man, I, if, if this stays close, like the, the 49ers feel feel fun here.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more just feeling like, I feel like this is like a big, like Rodgers, like inevitable like type of season right now. You know, him coming out at the end, probably going to run back, back-to-back back MVPs, uh, you know, him finally beating the 49ers. Play. All this stuff like feels inevitable to me. Like, I just have that weird feeling about the Packers right now. Like, they feel like a team of people want to bury, but I feel like this is a year where, like, Rodgers particularly gets over uh, and sticks a finger to people.
0: Yeah, and, then, like, it, it could totally turn out that way. I And that, and that wouldn't be, be super surprising. But uh, I just kind of think the, the 49ers are, are probably the I, – I think that they, they would have wanted to – not have the 49ers a uh, win last oh, week yeah Absolutely. I think the Packers would have rather seen like anyone else
1: um, I also think that game. the the buccaneers wanted the same thing like because the, the buccaneers would have played the Cowboys I think the Buccaneers would have way rather played the Cowboys than the, than the Rams
0: yeah um so uh here we go so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. lean I teed up that I'm still gonna, way. yeah there we go so I'll, I'll lean I'll still lean 49ers uh in this game we'll move on to to Sunday a uh, real fun game here, Rams Buccaneers. Uh, uh, so the Rams just decided to, you know, score all the points. Uh, and it's, it's weird to, to kind of take away what what we saw from the Rams, right? Because it not only did like, did they play like, super efficiently on offense, especially you know running the ball, um, you know, Stafford only had to drop back 17 times. Um, and obviously, like you're not going to win many playoff games like that. Like that's not going to be the formula they use throughout the rest of the playoffs. Um, and Arizona just completely everything they could have done wrong, it went wrong for them. So uh, even like on the defensive side of the ball, there's not a lot we can take away from the Rams. But you know the Rams have been a very good team, um, and it's going to be interesting. Like it, so, Tampa on the other side, like completely blowing out uh the eagles but i have some hesitation to what they did on offense right and i kind of i pointed out on twitter that first drive got the ball out so quick um because they didn't want the defensive line to that philadelphia defensive line to really you know they get to brady uh so he was getting the ball out in like two seconds um his average death target on like that first drive was like 1.5 or something but it, it didn't get it got higher, but like he wasn't really throwing the ball down the field. Um, per True Media, like 80% of his dropbacks were within two and a half seconds. Um, and that just doesn't really bring out like a, a very good sustainable offense. So I'm very curious to see if Tampa Bay is going to try to continue with so much quick game, especially, and the big thing is going to be whether Tristan worse um, is on the field. Uh, and if they have a weakness there, um, at tackle where you have guys on the Rams defensive line who you can move around. You have a Von Miller who can you know rush from either side. You can put Aaron Donald outside if you want. Um, he's usually a mismatch for a guard, but if you have a backup tackle in there, like you can put Aaron Donald on him and he's still going to win that one on one. So uh, I think that is, that's a huge uh, piece of what this you know Tampa Bay offense uh, is going to look like. And like, you can have Gronk stay in, but you don't want to have Gronk stay in because the Gronk right now is, your best your second best uh, at worst pass catcher um so uh, i think that uh, the tampa bay like we kind of talked about their their health and i that is i think potentially going to to play out like real big uh, in this game especially with how they match up specifically against the rams defense
1: i mean i with the rams it, it all comes down to something we've talked about for months man do they just not turn the ball over when they don't turn the ball over they're really good and a lot of teams you can say that about, but the Rams in particular, when they just don't have the, the bad mistakes. Like you see, like they just don't, and the bills are like this too. Like when you just have, you play a clean game, the chiefs as well, like you just see all of it come together and you see the ceiling, right? You have the ceiling games. It's not just like somebody seems to be like, oh, we won the turnover battle, won this game 24 to 20. When these teams don't, when these teams offenses play clean games, they score 30 plus points. And that's kind of what we saw, yeah. you know, when these teams played earlier in the season as well. Very, a lot of shakeup in both rosters on this, but more so on the Buck side, uh, just offensively, you're down to Mike Evans and Gronk as the only two like functional pieces in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it's just what you're down to. And it, it's, it's a tough way to live. You're able to kind of scheme that, you know, uh, around the Eagles. And Jonathan Gannon, I thought that for as much steam as he's getting, did one of his worst jobs last week. Uh, especially when you know you only have to defend Mike Evans and, you know, you have a player that can follow him around and just ignore that. The Rams have a player that can do that too, but they don't necessarily have to have, you know, Jalen Ramsey kind of shadow him. They could if they want. Um, I would do it if I were them, but they probably won't because they've only done it one game this season. But they did do it in the DK Metcalf game when the Seattle was just down all their receivers. Uh, you know, Tampa is coming in. Cyril Grayson, we don't know if he's going to play. He's got a hamstring. Brashad uh, Perryman ha- hasn't practiced yet this week. So Tyler Johnson hasn't stepped up and done anything. It's really just those two players. And if the Rams can just kind of weather the storm and, and, and the Bucs can't get enough big plays offensively, it's tough to just a thousand paper cut the Rams like they did the Eagles. And it's going to be a lot tougher for them to score. They're going to need big plays because the Rams are going to have big plays on offense uh it, it just it all comes down to if the rams protect the football i just think that they're going to be able to generate too many big plays in this game to where the bucks have to the, the, it's tough to just matriculate on a bunch of drives against the rams and that's like what this offense basically is reduced to now
0: yeah and it, it i think that really either of these teams down. are going to run the
1: ball the, the rams might try and the, the, the both teams might try but no one's going to run it effectively
0: yeah, and uh, that's, I think, uh, going to be uh, a-, a big thing here. And, and how Tampa goes about that that short, quick passing game, right? Because like that's where you can get the Rams if you want to work them, uh, especially if Ramsey is going to be on Mike Evans, right? And he's going to stay on the outside. Then that opens up the middle of the field even more and kind of puts the linebackers um in a place and like that, if you're picking a position where you would want to pick on the Rams defense, you probably want to pick on, on those uh, off-ball linebackers who are kind of, well, you know, rarely on the field, but, and kind of, uh, there's, there's a reason for that. Uh, right. And that's kind of what made, you know, Jalen Ramsey playing that like slot star position so valuable during the regular season it put him closer to the middle of the field put him closer to the ball uh and he was able to make you know some more you know uh, like downhill uh, type plays uh but if he's going to be on on evans which i think makes a lot of sense because like you said there's really no other option at, at receiver so just lock him down um can you pick up you know enough yards can you sustain enough offense by like checking down to the Leonard Fournette, like is this this could be like a, a 10 catch Leonard Fournette game uh, if they, they need it to be, but can you sustain uh, enough of that offense, especially if the Rams are going to be putting up some points on, on the other side? Um, like, is this like, can, can you live that way? And I'm, I'm not sure how much the, the Bucks can do that. And I just kind of think that those injuries are going to keep up to them. And like, you, you're probably going to need a big gronk play, like down the middle of the field, but like how, how many of
1: those are they going to be able to get? Yeah, th- this, this, this game I'm, I'm really excited for. I know that the, both Sunday games are kind of the more appealing to the general public, but yeah, this game in particular, I think the Rams have been undervalued coming into the postseason. Um, I don't really love them if they have to play the Packers, but I do kind of like their the way they set up against the Buccaneers uh, on both sides of the ball. I think it's being aggressive uh, aggressive offense. I think we'll, they, we've seen McVeigh swerve sort of more into like a power run game recently, but I do think it sets up to where they're going to have to throw the ball early. I mean, the Bucks we saw they get their guys healthy, and you know, obviously the the game script helped, but the Eagles did nothing running the football before that game got out of hand either. I think their opening play, Miles Sanders got nine yards and then just lost yards on like every carry afterwards. Um, I just don't think it's going to be, even with Cam Akers had the best looking three yards per carry on Monday night uh, that you can imagine. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a game where the, the Rams are going to really line up the football and run on the interior of Tampa Bay like they have been on other teams. They tried, remember week 18, they played the 49ers and tried that and it didn't work at all uh, yeah. and, and it ended up being a problem, so you know, I don't think that that's the way to approach things. If you're, if you're Sean McVay, we'll see what he does here. But I would, I would open it up with Stafford early and make this, make this a big Matt Stafford game. And if he plays a clean game, uh, you've got advantages everywhere. I mean, Cooper Cup has got a, a tremendous advantage over one of the teams that's been the worst at guarding slot receivers the entire year in Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. You know, Odell has looked apart really well. Uh, you know, he keeps making plays on, on high leverage situations, third down in the green zone. And you still have an over the top guy in Van Jefferson. So although you don't have Deshaun Jackson, who kind of was like un- unlocked during this game when they played earlier in the year, and you still had Robert Woods, uh, you know, you've got Van Jefferson now in that vertical role, and you have Odell, you know, kind of being the guy that, that can gets you those high leverage spots. And Tyler Higbee has stepped up into a large role uh, to end the season. And we've also seen the Bucks continuously struggle against tight ends throughout the entire season as well. So I would really put this in you put your chips in on Matthew Stafford in the offseason I would put him in right now this week with him and, and aggressively attack uh the Buccaneers throwing the football.
0: Yeah, um this it, it the Rams have turned themselves into you know one of those teams that just especially in the passing game there's so many options right now like you have Cooper Cup, you you know got Every target uh, during the regular season, uh, but uh, Jefferson is is coming into that role, and and at worst he's stretching the field, right? Which is what they really. There were parts of the season where they were still working themselves out that they didn't really have that. Now they have that, and they, like you said, Be- Beckham's playing super well. He like he's their third down guy. We we talked about that um, a, a little bit, and now they're they're really kind of embracing that. I think that that the one long play to to Beckham against. Um, against the Cardinals where uh, they came out an empty and on the trip side, it's cup Jefferson and Beckham. Um, and they ran like kind of a, a, a double like a double slant from, from Jefferson and and cup to go across the middle of the field. And uh, the Beckham was the inside guy running that like little, like wheel down the, the sideline. Um, and they were trying to like run the double pick for, to break off uh, a man and get him open, but then it ends up being zone, and the outside corner either has to carry Jefferson or has to carry Beckham. And either way he's wrong. Um, And I think like the Rams just like have those plays in the playbook right now that they they can go back to. It's kind of like what they were doing early in the season when uh, they were really heavily reliant on letting Stafford just kind of drop back in empty and like just sling the ball. And I think that they're getting back to that. Um, which kind of you know took them a little ramp up period uh, to do when they were trying to work in all, all of these new pieces uh, on offense and getting them to to fill roles. And I they're I think they're they're back at it, and I think that that really puts a lot of pressure uh, on a defense where it, it kind of feels like one of those things where even when defenses guess right, like they could be wrong because there are just like so many options and so many singularly good players that the Rams have on offense right now. Um, and I think that, that, that's going to be tough for, for the Buccaneers to, to hang tight with. And I, I it kind of sounds like we're, we're both the pretty heavily leaning Rams here.
1: Yeah. It looks like we're going to, you know, get the the Brady brigade to come and, and stick it to yeah. us. I mean, congrats, like, the congrats.
0: congrats to the Bucks. <laughs>
1: They've won eight in their past nine games. They're also five and one against playoff teams. Uh, You know, it's definitely never great going against Brady and, and kind of betting against them. But I do actually do like the Rams Uh, to be like the upset special this weekend. I don't think the bills count because the public's on the bills. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I've been, I've been too high on the Rams all year. So they they're just go down with it yeah go down why stop now yeah yeah um,
1: <laughs> i mean i i definitely am, am prepared to like have the rams here and just like McVay to do like like kick like three short field goals and not go on for the like, an obvious fourth down
0: i mean on the plus side the <laughs> Bruiserians would do the same thing on the other side so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's always the fun adventure when you have money uh, uh, on the rams is that you know you have you're betting on these coaches too and, uh, you know, it never feels good when your coaches are, are, as dogs, are kicking those short field goals.
0: No, or, or even when, uh, like, we didn't talk a lot about, like, the, the Dallas 49ers game. But, man, that one-fourth down when they they motioned Trent Williams, like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like even when they're like making right calls, sometimes they're, they're just trying to like out yeah. themselves and, and doing So yeah, Well
1: that game, uh, I joke about that game. Uh, the, it felt like the end of like an NBA game, right? Like, just, like t- we're just like teams are just like fouling and you know, hoping you split free throws. Like no one's really making shots. It's just, it was just a, a gross, like no one was like really winning the game that last five minutes. It was just, it was just a, a bunch of just suboptimal kind of outcomes for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: okay. So, something that should be very fun uh,
1: to watch. Yeah, it's got early cheap. super. It feels like mini Super Bowl hype here for this game.
0: Yeah, like Super Bowl hype, like de facto AFC championship game because no matter who we're on for, uh, Titans Bengals it does not feel like anyone is going to give them a chance, uh, in the AFC championship game against the winner of, of Bill's chiefs. And, and probably a reason like bills and the bills and chiefs have been two of the best teams. Um, not only in the AFC, but like in the NFL, well, all season, like the, the chiefs had their, their ups and downs, um, on offense, but they still, it came out. like where we kind of expected the chiefs to be at the end and the, the bills too, um, you know, we've had the, the crazy Josh Allen, the variants, like when I wrote uh, about uh, Matthew Stafford uh, before the playoffs, I was kind of looking at the, the volatility of some of these quarterbacks and, and Josh Allen had eight games with negative EPA. <laughs> um, but also when they are at the top, like it can score on every drive. Um, So it's just like, I just want to like sit back and and watch this game because it it just feels like this is going to be like the, the not even like the, the, the heavyweight, um, uh, like a, it's not a, a heavyweight where like these these two like big teams are going to be like you know throwing blows. Like this is like a um, like a wrestling like luchador uh, where we're we're where we're seeing like crazy flips and uh, and like some of the like the insane like stunts for for like forty minutes. Um, and that just kind of feels like what we're like. This is going to be the, like this fast paced thing where we just want to like the most creative offense we can potentially see um, like in a game on two Sides. And it just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, you get the teams that are first and third, and you know, uh, you know, punt rate in the NFL in terms of not punting per drive. Uh, you know, we also have this kind of the, the thing I talked about last week. You know, about the this, this historical trend. I mean, the Bills beat the beat the Chiefs by eighteen in the regular season, and teams that have won by seventeen or more points uh, since two thousand eight, uh, you know, have come back and you know won uh, you know fifteen straight in the postseason. Um, you know, it's, it's, those teams are three and 17 that lose in these games in the, in the rematch. Uh, the, even the divisional round, those teams are one and eight. None of the home teams have won. The bills beat this. They structured this team to specifically combat and play the chiefs and it worked out in the regular season. And now they're going to put it to the test with, with more, with more at stake here on the line. They knew this was coming. Like they knew like they have to beat the chiefs and they beat, they structured this team to beat it. And they beat them once in, in week five, but now you have to beat them in week 19 or 18 or 20. Now we're in week 20, now They're losing track of it. But you're probably not gonna get four turnovers again if you're the bills. I would assume you're not, uh, that you might, but I would assume you're not gonna get four turnovers like you had in that game. Remember, that was the game that had like the hour and a half delay. Like, uh, if, you, if you remember, it's had like a, a huge delay on Sunday night, uh, because like a thunderstorm. It was a weird oh, game, right, right? Yeah, it was a weird game, uh in the rain, and so I don't think you're going to get all those turnovers for the Bills, but I still have more faith in the Bills defense getting more stops than I do the Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense is getting a lot of, like, they turn things around, and they've done a good job of of getting a ton of turnovers, but when you look at, like, who they've played to end the season and the good quarterbacks they face, the two good quarterbacks that they've played to end the season absolutely killed them, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, if you're not going to get turnovers and you're not gonna be able to generate those plays with your hyper-aggressive defense, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. You're going to need those high variance, Josh Allen plays that you brought mentioned to go in your direction. Um, because it's one thing when you're beating Ben Roethlisberger twice and you're hanging on and beating Drew Locke by four, or you're being Derek Carr twice, you're being Teddy Bridgewater. That's, that's who they, these are the, those are the quarterbacks they face after the bye week. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you faced J- Justin Herbert and he puts 34 up on you in a game or 28 when they could have easily you know if they a couple of those high variance fourth downs go their way they're scoring in the 40s burrow put up 500 yards and scored 34 points so i mean i just have a little more faith in the bills generating a stop or two here than i do really the chiefs They're need the the josh allen hair on fire experience to kind of that's the one thing that can get in the way of the bills offense because i just don't think the chiefs defense and the way they, they play we can get into the weeds on that too aggressively really suits them well here against the bills
0: yeah and it's like it feels like it, a lot of like a lot of what these defenses are facing like uh, and i'll i'll read about this uh for the site is like should you blitz or, or should you not because like we this entire like kind of group of, of quarterbacks we kind of talked about it at the top of the show like are among the least blitzed most of them um and you know have been good against the blitz but that uh, Allen was you know 18th in uh the rate that he was blitzed uh, but uh, among these quarterbacks he was actually like the worst when blitzed um and just simple like zero the EPA which you know when you like look at you know uh you know the the Staffords or the Rodgers who like are, are continually like really good against the blitz or Urban Mahomes uh who like 0.47 the EPA uh per drop back when blitz and that's second in the league so Allen is uh that like straight zero, uh, which is 16. So you can well, try it the last get, time. They, so they tried all yeah, so time. that's, that's, that's one of the things, because if you, you blitz Allen, you can potentially get there. But uh, when a play gets to like four seconds after the snap, there's no better quarterback in the league than, well, Mah- Mahomes and Allen. Um, So like, that's, that's the thing. Like you, you have to get it to him in a certain point. Um, and you can make him have some negative plays, but if it, it, it extends it too much, um, you know, uh, four seconds after, uh, the snap, uh, Mahomes, uh, number one and EPA for drop back Allen, number two. So like you, you just have like no one better at extending plays to the extreme, um, than, than these two guys. So it's, yeah, like you you just have to have that, that right formula. And, it kind of feels like the, the Chiefs, like even though they haven't been able to, um, you know, hang with some of the, the better quarterbacks, like it, they just they seem slightly better structured. Um, but over the second half of the season, on defensive side, like Daniel Sorensen isn't getting as many snaps. Uh, I think that that has helped them uh, a little <laughs> bit. So <laughs> actually, uh, probably a lot of bit. So and that is you know an interesting, but yeah, like also the Bills are just. Like they, they are a team that that fully clicking and like conceptually too. Um, like I just keep coming back to um, you know, against the Patriots. Like in in that first game that they had during the regular season when Isaiah McKenzie was playing for for Cole Beasley, they, it just crossers like all day from Isaiah McKenzie. Um, he had like 125 yards in, in that first game, and uh, and so many of them were just like crossers from the slot, and then they go to the playoff game, um like one of his first targets, he starts running a crosser and then breaks it uh, to the opposite side of the field. Uh, So they're running a double move uh, off the crosser. And it's just like, they're just like one step ahead and it just kind of feels like they're going to be there. So it, it does feel like this is going to put a lot of pressure on the chiefs offense against this bill's defense. And it kind of feels like when the chiefs were in that place where they put the pressure on themselves to really score a lot of points in the beginning of the year, that is where some of those, you know, even how as fluky as they were, some of those turnovers um, came. So I kind of feel like, like they need to get off to, to a quick start, um, you know, have some of those, you know, well-designed throws to kind of get them in, in a rhythm uh, a little bit, or it might seem like like that's where they were in mistakes when they kind of like really put pressure on themselves uh, to to score points, which is what, what we saw a lot over the the first stretch of the season.
1: Yeah, you look at it. Uh, Spagnolo, they, they blitzed him, uh, Josh Allen forty percent basically of his dropbacks all three times they played the past two years, and the last time they played he blitzed they blitzed him forty percent of the time, but only pressured him at eight of the thirty dropbacks. Like that's just yeah, that, that and that was a killer. He was still he was still bad when they got home. He was only two of seven under pressure, but when they didn't get home, they got absolutely eviscerated. And uh, so you're going to have to get home if you're going to be aggressive. It's one thing to blitz, but you gotta the blitzes have to get there too. So that's going to be like a the kind of a really big deciding factor is can the Chiefs' pressure actually get home in this game and how the Bills combat it? Because all three of the meetings, like they have not, like Spag has not let off the gas in terms of being aggressive. So, and, and you know, you think about like you said, they, they've altered their structure, but they also have had to kind of be aggressive because you have to get those kind of plays. You know, they don't really have the personnel of some of these other teams left in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, you have to try to generate those turnovers. But yeah, you're yeah, going to have to get those high it's, variant it's... plays.
0: And, and it's been different, like, if we, if we look at what, you know, has has been different from when these teams met up, and, like, we haven't really talked about a lot of, like, the, the previous meetings, because most of these, even, like, the, the three rematches we're, we're seeing were, like, really far away a few years ago we've seen right exactly so like Chris Jones back to like playing more interior they were still like playing with the edge uh thing for him uh in in that first meeting uh so he's been back to dominating the interior uh Melvin Ingram uh was uh, not yet uh, on the team and he's been huge uh as just a guy they can get pressure from the edge. Um, so I think there, there's, there's a lot of uh, different things here. It's just, uh, it's it's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun. Um, but again, so like you said, like the team's, teams don't blitz Patrick Mahomes Um, and and the bills built themselves around that. They have a deep defensive line that they've rotated all year. Uh, We saw that in the first meeting. I think that was one thing that structurally, like we did see in the first meeting that is going to stay. Um, Obviously like no Tredavious white is going to be big, but those, those bills safeties, um, like they're, they're so good. And like, they, they're able to play all over the field. They have those two high structures. They can rotate down, um, you know, into the box, uh, and teams just don't complete deep passes on the bills. Right. So like rushing four and no deep passes like that, that is basically the, the recipe you would want, um, uh, against the chiefs. And, and that, if that can continue, uh, it's, I, I that it just kind of feels like they, not only have they built to, you know, play the chiefs, it feels like they've built well uh, to beat the chiefs and like that, if they can hold up there and do kind of what they have done for the past, um, you know, most of, of the regular season. Um, and even uh, last week when they completely blew out the Patriots, it, it does seem like it, it could give them, you know, the, the slight advantage here.
1: Yeah, and not that you you know we're we're swerving into being kind of like all right, pro Bills, but I mean, just the, the Chiefs have been on fire too, like to close the season. That's what makes this game. Yeah, so I long. mean, I I don't think
0: it, I like like you said with with uh, with your Bengals Titans where where this
1: was that was the one game
0: you you didn't have like this is the one game I don't like I I did have strong feelings about. Uh, who I'm favoring in the other games. And this one, I just, I don't know. And I just kind of like want to sit back and, and enjoy this one. Right. And I, I don't have a very strong lean um, either way because both of these teams are, are really good. And well, like also probably, too, like, probably the Super Bowl favorite, like once they win.
1: This yeah, I, I've been I've been uh pro Bills, so I'm just riding them to the end. But I mean you look at the Chiefs, like this thing started to take off when all of the these ancillary pieces started to get involved, right? Like and you start that's when it's good, when it's just not Tyreek and it's just not Kelsey, right? Carrying the the carrying the load. I mean, you're starting to see all these guys make plays. I mean, Jarek they dust off Jarek McKinnon. The screen game was, was was effective last week. Uh you Brian Brian Pingle's been playing well the back half of the season, even though McCall Hardman's been kind of like he's been kind of shelved and put on the back burner in terms of playing time. They're getting a player to a game from him uh offensively and then you get the week 18 game where he has to go in and step in for tyree kill and he plays well So, like this the, the chiefs now that are getting all these other pieces contributing has been a big factor into like this end game run where these final six weeks they've been kind of on fire offensively they're number one in the nfl and basically every offensive metric not for the full season but uh, like light years ahead of people in these final six weeks of the year in terms of like scoring rate per drive and touchdown rate per drive and conversion rate uh it's because when, when you get all these pieces in unison working together, it's hard to stop. And, you know, to, and Mahomes is able to elevate those guys. We're in the middle of the season. They weren't getting anything out of any, any of these guys. right? Um, and, now, and now you see it kind of take off. So, I mean, hopefully this one is like the fun just bonanza, right? Like they combined for 58 points in week five in a game that was like in a monsoon, had a game break, had a team turn the ball over four times. Uh, you know, hopefully we just get like a back and forth, like just – awesome, just kind of punch it punch out game with Josh Allen and Mahomes making wild plays and just kind of, you know, all to all of our delight on Sunday night. We, we deserve it uh, after last week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's all we can, we can. And the hope bills are it's... doing that
1: too. You, the bills did the thing with the wide receivers last week. And I don't know how much of it had to do with whether or not, but I just think that Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie showed too much at the end of the year. For them to just not be on the field, and you saw that rotation with the receivers, like they're they're in the back now and going five deep at receiver, like
0: (laughs) yeah, and it's that a lot of a lot of fun. Um, it's a shame that uh the loser of this game is that we don't watch them anymore, um, and that they can't. So like, like you said, like we kind of intro this game. It it does feel like it's you know the, the de facto AFC championship game, um. Because it just feels like whoever wins this game is not really going to be stopped at least up until the the Super Bowl. So um, it's a bit disappointing that we have to get that game this weekend and not next weekend. Um, but again, it, it is yeah, nice that we we do get to, to end the week with this, and it does seem like it is going to be a very fun close game. And like this is what like this, the season has really like built toward. Um, like we've we've wanted to, to see this matchup. Um, and, and then that's what we're going to get. So a, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people are looking for bills chiefs and a lot of people are still looking for Rogers versus Brady again, which still has a chance to happen as well. It feels like that's like, was like the, the, the you know, big pocket of NFL wanted to see happen. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, this is, this is a, a, this slate of games is is very appealing. I'm very excited for this weekend.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's where we are. And uh, we are, we, uh, wrapped up all, all four games. So I think we, we did, a uh, we got pretty much as, as deep into the weeds as I, I think we could we could get, uh, so, uh, we'll end the show here. Um, reminder, you can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Rich is still, uh, putting out, uh, the worksheet, uh, for all of these playoff games. So the, every bit of information, uh, you would want, uh, about these games is, is up on the site. Um, remember to, uh, our betting show uh, on this feed with Ryan McChrystal, that's still giving out a great information uh, on a weekly basis. Um, you can find so much else on chartfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pesuta. Thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you again soon.